Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Bluehead. Welcome to episode 55 of Beer Nuts the Podcast Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, we are heading, we're bringing, no, we're bringing Quebec City to you guys. So um, we went out there last year, and this particular brewery is one place we did not get to, but we are making up for that with the podcast. This evening, I have, where is my thing? There it is. I have JC and Antoine from La Souche, guys. There we go. Welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> How you boys doing? Hi. Good? Very good. good How are you? Chilling, man. Happy to have you guys here. Very excited. Appreciate your time. Um, long time coming. I swear I remember people t- like raving about you guys at, um, it just hit me now, at um, BSS Saveur, the Chambly Festival here in Quebec. Yep. Uh, years yeah, we've ago, been there for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You guys were always then. I remember people telling me, uh, like, just friends in the industry when we first started the podcast. I just, I just remembered all this now, and I remember them like losing their minds. I want to say like it must have been like 2016, 2015 or something. Were you guys around then? Or? Yeah, I think I think the first year was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 2015. Okay, that's probably when it was. So you know, you guys have. Uh, Really carved a great rep for yourselves here in Quebec. So I'm super excited to get into the beers and get the full story. So speaking of that, we are going to start with this bad boy here. Uh, how do you say it properly? So Lut de Sol, you don't pronounce the P? Exactly. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I'm pretty French. Lut de Sol. Lut de Sol. So it means wolf of something? It's What is it exactly? How do you remember? Like... It's, it's the first name. It's the first name of of, of ops, You know, and the first time when the guy discover hops in the in oh. the, like in the forest. That's okay. how, that's how he called it. So it's like willow wolf or something like that. Uh, yeah, willow exactly. Willow. Okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Can out by the way. Check that shit out, guys. So this is a uh, a six point five percent IPA. It's got to, oh, you got some uh, the Brussels. You got a gold medal in the Brussels beer challenge. Yeah, the best Nipah. Uh, Yo! Twenty ten, yeah. Good on twenty twenty. Good on you, man. Congrats, guys. That's huge. Um, the hot Thanks. bill, the hot bill, and this is amazing. Amarillo, Citra Mosaic, and the uh, Simcoe cannot go wrong. I uh, I had I had this the other night. Luckily, I don't normally get to try the beers always before the podcast, but I made sure I tried this one. I was super impressed. It was really. I can take a. Yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> yeah, tell me about the beer. I was just. It's it's big tropical fruity gem of a thing yeah it's uh very very fruity exactly like any nipa you could go to uh, yes sir. go with but the difference we we tried to make is that to have a bit of resin in it i don't know if, ah. if i say it yeah, right yeah. but like uh yeah, yeah. yeah okay so resin yeah, like you got it, brother. thanks look at that head my god cheers guys cheers Cheers. I was just telling Antoine, like, uh, I've been I've been sober for the past five weeks because of the new baby. So now, yeah, now it's time. <laughs> not to, now it's time to go. I love it. Well, congrats on the uh, on the new edition, bro. Cheers. Cheers. I'm uh, I'm glad to be enjoying the first beers with you boys for this. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is. I noticed that it did have a bit of like a piney, resinous uh, kind of vibe to it. 
in the in the back end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have the right words. Spiny resonance. Yeah. yeah. Which is and it's like a touch dank. Um, like here, like yeah, you got resin. It's foyus foyer, and resiner means like leafy and resiny. Uh, the second last, the, like the second last line on the can there. I'm so sorry, my French is horrendous. Pointe no, de d'arome foyer. I know foy is leaf. Like I've never seen that word before. I don't know where you. Oh, no. On the can? Yeah, on the on the can. Yeah, it's uh, dans les fruités juteux, pointé d'arome feuilles, feuilles et résineux. Yeah, 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 yeah. For you would mean piney. For you. Yeah, piney. Yep. Oh, that means piney. Ah, man, I'm learning yeah, French now. Piney. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate that about a uh, a New England. I feel like it's like it's only a touch though. It's not like over the top. Um, it's a you know nice and subtle addition to a, a beautiful tropical fruit bouquet. I guess lots of mango and pineapple and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think at, at first think, we were not big fans of uh, of North Northeast IPA. Okay. Um, we, we thought maybe it was too sweet, so it, it's it, it took a while for us to start brewing this style. Um, the, the brewer that was at the at the brew pub back then liked it and and and, and wanted to do it, so. Uh, so we said, okay, let's go. Let's let's try to create one. So that's why we start to we we we've tried to to create a, a beer, a napa that was a little bit not too sweet and a little bit resinous. That's because that's what that's what we like about IPA. So yeah, yeah. I like that. It's definitely not too sweet. Mm, yeah. Sorry, Antoine. Like, I talk. Uh, I I just wanted to say like this napa is to our taste a very good one. <laughs> Um, so we can drink it like me. I'm not a very good fan of Nipa, and this one I can drink it like easily. So right now it's it's got that nice like yeah. east meets west thing going on. Um, it's, you're definitely right. It's not very sweet at all, um, which a lot of New Englands are, which is a great point. Um, so it's like it's a it's a it's a really interesting take on it. It's I quite like, and obviously the good folks at the uh, Brussels Beer Challenge mate thought that was pretty damn good. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Beer Nobozo is uh, commenting. Shouts, brother. He just says 2010. No, it was 2020. And uh, there's got to yeah. be some Chinook going on. There was no Chinook in this, which is actually... No, not even. So you guys managed to get... I don't know if this is... Uh, I never really thought about this. You've got piney and resiny notes in this beer. And all the hops that you've used are super are known for being very bright and tropical and aromatic. How does that work? Well, to my guess, it's the Simcoe that does it. Uh, I don't think uh, neither Amarillo, Citra, or Mosaic can induce this, but uh, that makes sense. My guess is simple. Yeah, I I remember having a Simcoe single hop beer recently, and I don't think I've ever really had one before. And wherever I had, I remember talking to someone about it, and um, they were pointing out to me that there was a bunch of uh, elements like that. You're exactly right. I think that's that's really where it was from. And it was—it's not like something you associate with Simcoe. When I think of that, I think of like big tropical <clears throat> fruit and stuff, citrus and things. Well, it is, but it has a strong backbone. Wow, uh, yeah, of resinous, which is dope. I love it. Now this is a, a great beer, guys. It's a great one to start with. So, on that note, I want to get the history because, like I said, you guys are one brewery I, I've been hearing a lot about over the years. I've tried bits and pieces of your stuff when I've had an opportunity to get it. 
but I don't really know the full story. So I want to get both of your individual beer histories, like how you got into beer and how that led to you getting in the industry. And then I'd love to get the story of La Souche and how the actual, the brewery came about. So whoever okay. wants, whoever wants to start can go first. Right? Go ahead, Antoine. Okay. <laughs> no problem. So, um, I am the founder of La Souche. Uh, it was, uh, in 2012. Yeah. We opened in 2012. Wow. So that's nine years now. Jeez. Uh, we opened a brew pub in Limoulou. Uh, it's about 150 seats. And, uh, we started the, the brew pub with, uh, like three or four tanks. And, uh, we had to update fairly quickly the, the man was there and I was the only brewer at the time for a couple of years. So I'm in my own experimentation and I didn't have a big background. Uh, like I only had homebrewed for a couple of years okay. and, um, I was fairly recent in the, like the industry actually. So, uh, we just experimented a lot of beers, sours, IPAs. There were no Nipos at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're brewing, uh, like West Coast, classic main, uh, classic West Coast was nice. my favorite style. Um, so we had a couple receipts and uh, four years after that, um, I had a new um, partner in the business mm -hmm. and uh, we decided to upscale and then to maybe can and distribute our products. Yes. So we started to look around and we decided on Stoneham, which is about uh, what 15 to 20 Ks uh, north mm. of Quebec. And uh, we found our spot and we started the plans and everything. We decided to go with another uh, pub. So a second pub with a, uh, the factory just behind it. Nice. So, so, so it's a big building all in one. Uh, and there we have a bigger capacity and we are now at 6,000, 6,000 hectoliters per okay. year. Nice. Yeah. And still growing. We should double that in a couple of years. So, uh, that's the, the whole picture for now. And, okay. uh, we are growing hops. We have a big garden for the kitchen. We just opened our sugar shack. We, uh, we have a small, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say this. Like, like, uh, it's a maple forest. So, okay. That works. Yeah. We get the sap and then, uh, we boil it and we make our sugar. Um, so this is what we want to do, like live our uh, space, our uh, town, the territory, get the taste of it. That's so cool. Yeah, Jean Benoit was telling me about the maple thing the day he came by with these beers. He was telling me that you guys were just packaging the uh, the maple up, which is so awesome. That's super cool. Man. Yeah, exactly. It's it's right now. They were boiling today again, and like, uh, yeah, it's very fun. It smells very good. Yeah, man. and we have yep. <laughs> And we have the opportunity to test the the local flora, uh, the microorganisms that we could get from this also. So we'll try a couple of tricks and see uh, what we can get out of this. That's great, man. Uh, pretty much an obvious question, but I imagine you guys are, are brewing a lot with the maple and maple products, like whether it's the sap or the water and stuff. Uh, not a lot. We have a couple products. Uh, there is one we do yearly, but only at the pub. It's a, it's a hundred percent, uh, maple water beer. 
So we use maple water or sap. I don't know what's the real name, but like all in all the steps, uh, and we change the yeast each year. So hmm. it's just like a new, new addition, and and we do uh, two strong beers like uh, Imperial Stout with maple syrup and the wee heavy, like a strong scotch ale with uh, maple syrup also. That's awesome. We do that maybe once or twice a year. Okay, so not over, it's not like a maple f- like extravaganza out there. No, 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 no. <laughs> not quite. Okay. That's, we don't have that much uh, yet. maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough, that's fair enough. Um, thanks, man. Uh, JC, tell me, talk to me, brother. What's your, uh, what's your story? Yeah, so uh, I've been with uh, La Souche for the past three years. Uh, before that, I had a mar- marketing background, so I did a master degree in communication and marketing. Nice. Uh, I've, I've been working in this industry for five years, and uh, and then I thought uh, 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 I said, okay, it's enough. So I want to do something else. I was just bored to be uh, behind a computer all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to do something a bit more physical, and I was a big. Um, like a craft beer fan. So uh, I've been like uh, reading about the industry and all that and obviously mm-hmm. drinking and, and tasting different beers for like maybe since 2012, something like that. Um, and then I decided to, yeah, go back to school. So there's a kind of new program in Quebec. It's in the Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean in Jonquière. So it's a four months, five months program. And then it's like a technical brewer uh, formation, if you will. Ah, so, okay. Uh, yeah, I went back to school, did this, and then uh, I had to find an, some somewhere to to do my internship. And so I contacted Antoine and said, "Hey, would you be interested in something, somebody like me?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was surprised. He said yes. So <laughs> right after the uh, right after the the when my my formation was done, uh, I've been there for the internship, and then I've been there for the past three years so i guess i'm doing something not that bad (laughs) and not that bad not that bad at all (laughs) so your position now you you've worked i was while you were changing your computer i was talking to antoine so you went from the marketing and you've worked your way up like the assistant brewer and now you're a supervisor you've you've sort of like climbed the uh, ranks a bit yeah exactly so first summer it was pretty much uh i was on the bottling line so we were doing like we were bottling maybe three or four times a week, and it was all manual. So uh, I kind of had to super like supervise all the the the, the people who was coming to to help us. So yeah, doing a lot of bottling, and then uh, start to work a little bit on the brewing system. Then we got our new canning uh, canning equipment. So I was in charge at the, at, the, uh, at first to to make sure everything was okay with the canning and then I uh, got the opportunity to go on the brewing system in Stoneham. Nice. And uh, when the, our, uh, like we had a brewer at the brew pub who left uh, maybe one year ago. So then I had the, the opportunity to go at the brew pub in Limoilou and uh, brew some something different there. So small batch experimentation, stuff like that. And now, as you said, I'm kind of a, supervisor of the brewing team so yeah nice. pretty yeah. much climbed the step for the past <laughs> three years hey the boss man the boss man out there i love it <laughs> not quite but maybe maybe okay amazing so 
Um, so that was, I guess that gets us to where, to where you guys are there. You started, like you said, in 2012. I mean, that's a really interesting journey when, you know, when a brewery's uh, nine years old, um, you know, you've seen a lot of changes in the industry and, and the trends and all that type of stuff. Like, how was that for you guys seeing that change and also being in the unique market of Quebec City? Like, how was, how was that experience and how did that affect your brewery with the type of styles you make and what the scene wanted out there and things like that? Hmm. Uh, I would say I was not that surprised about the styles coming up uh, because we were traveling a lot in Vermont, mm. in Maine. So they were Sorry, coming. always a couple of years uh, ahead of us. Yeah, so we were sort coming. Um, so we did get influenced by these styles, like I would say the Heady Tupper, or we went to uh, see Sean at Hill Farmstead, and we tried a couple of things like that. We were inspired, so uh, we were already jungling with these things when they were coming up here. So uh, like the sour beers, also uh, the not the. I don't remember the style of the, um, is it the East Coast? The, like, the, the Heady Topper? Oh, Vermont IPA. Yeah, okay. Vermont yeah. IPA, that's it. So, yeah, we we had already <clears throat> tried one of these and we really liked the style. So, um, And it was coming in Montreal and some were the first to do it. And then there was the Nipo style. And so, no, it, it's just very fun to see this this. Infervescence. Yeah. I don't know if this is yeah. yeah, that's exactly the way. It's a good word. That's great. And I think also, like with the brew pub in Nimolu, we've got the opportunity to brew so much. So, pretty much brew three to four times a week, every week for the past nine years. So, we'll divide that. So, we, we, we brew more than 300 recipes, you know? So, yeah. We, we, we can like do some cherry picking in those recipes, the one that worked really well, and we can do it on the big system in, in Stoneham and, and distribute it all around all around Quebec. So that's that's something that's really interesting in our business model, if you will. So we can do a lot of experimentation on mm -hmm. kind of a, if you will, mid-size scale brewing system. So in Numolu, we're brewing... Um, 500 liters batch, okay. and in Stoneham, we have a 2,000 lit, 2000 uh, liters system, okay, so bigger. we can upscale it. Yeah, so I think it's it's something that helped <clears throat> us like to to keep on with the, uh, the the flow with the new the new style and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's like obviously the best way, you know, having that the brew pub and then having the production facility so you can test stuff out and and see what sticks and maybe you can do things that it's less risk. If you do something that's a little more crazy, it's only 500 liters. It'll move through the pub. So it's not a problem. Um, exactly. Yeah. We have, uh, we have uh, like a response from the pub sales and they say like, if this all goes out in like one or two days, then we are like, okay, okay. So it's like, it's a good idea to upscale it in, mm. in Stone Island. Right. So with your packaging then, like how many, like how does that typically work? Like how many different beers do you package from maybe, you know, people go into the pub and see the board, like how many of those beers can they buy in can? I mean, obviously pre-COVID because that probably changed everything, I imagine. 
Yeah, yeah. Now we don't know what to do with the kegs. We do kegs or we don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, it also differs that we, if we talk about the pub in in Limoilou, which is very more like GC said, um, experimental, or we, or if we talk about the one in Stoneham, which is um, the only beers we have there is the one we brew in cans for distributions. So. Okay. Like in Limoulou, what we have is mainly 18 different beers all year round. We have, for sure, like a blonde uh, uh, wheat beer or kind of, we have a red ale or we have a stout or porter, but they always change. We try to stick to some of them to be uh, static, but uh, they really, really evolve more. And then the like the 10 or 12 lines, they are never the same. They're really testing yeasts, new recipes, new hops, whatever, new fruits, new sours. And we, we've just started to do some canning at the Limolu because of the COVID, as you said. So COVID, mm -hmm. as you said. So, uh, and also because we wanted to get rid of the uh, growler. So we've been doing growlers for maybe, I don't know, at once in four class <laughs> Five, five years, four years? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I don't remember when the law was passed. But it's about oh, that. yeah, when they changed the law. So you guys, yeah. why would you stop growlers? Oh, um, why do we want to stop? It's, oh, it's yeah, a lot of it's, trouble. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's a pain in the ass. Well, you have to wash them inside. So you have, right, right now in COVID, you have to keep them inside your facility wash them yourself so it's a bit of a of a challenge sanitary challenge i would say yeah. and uh we have to stock this all of them growlers uh, either uh washed like ready to fill or not we have to stock them inside also and that takes a lot of room um but when the pub is open to the public, we don't have that much sales and growlers. Gotcha. So we say when it opens again, we'll just get rid of the growlers. We have a shop right next door which sells our cans. We have all these beers and cans. So That's I don't see uh, like, yeah, logic. Yeah, right. Say. Yeah, it definitely seems more annoying. But it's cool that they can, people can come to the pub then and get. So can do you guys like you were saying there, JC, about you you canning now at Limalu? Like, can are you canning the the smaller batch experimental stuff now? Exactly, exactly, so. and uh, yeah, and we we've just moved to a smaller <clears throat> um, can size, so the uh, twelve ounces. Uh, yeah. I guess. is it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just to make sure that we can do as much as we can, uh, because someday we'll try to. We hope we can do some kegs. So <laughs> we need to have some beers on tap. So this is why we just uh, moved to the 12 ounces can. So yeah, you can, if you like it, you can go and get, grab a four pack or a six pack of, of the beers. That's, uh, that's only available there. So that's, that's, uh, that's a cool thing. And, and we got a pretty good response. So that's, that's when we start. We're going to taste one uh, later on, but that's, that's where we start to do some smoothie, smoothie beers yes. and stuff like that. And, and for the first time, you know, there was a line outside like, for like people's waiting in line to get our beer. So that's, wow. that's pretty, uh, that's pretty exciting. So, because, you know, you, you don't usually get in line to get a growler or something like that, but yeah, mm -hmm. with a can of us, 
smoothie or new sours that we that we can for uh, in, in the past couple months, and people are just waiting in line to get those beers. So that that's pretty exciting to see the response for the the new the new cans in Limoilou. Yeah, I love that, yo. And I had uh, the two beers that I did have this this past week were this beer we're drinking now and the smoothie. And I can say when we get the smoothie is exceptional. I can see why people were. Uh, <laughs> lining up for it because it's you know it's something super fun and it's uh it's cool that you guys got that that kind of generic branded can so you can just put the sticker on it and you don't have to yeah. keep stuff up mm-hmm. which is smart exactly. we wanted to make it easy yeah man it's good business particularly with the canning people were telling me that there's like crazy delays on getting cans printed yeah, exactly yeah and is that still happening uh i would say let's wait a month or so because uh for now it's about four weeks which is pretty good yeah. Falls good, yeah. I was it was eight weeks in December, I heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. But now it went very, very well, well, much faster. But now I can't wait to see. Well, I don't really want to see, but uh, if it will be again six or eight weeks, like it was last summer. But we're like now we know we're ahead of this. So good, good. Um, speaking of, oh, sorry, go, go for it, Jason. No, no. I was just gonna say that, as you as you said earlier, like we've got a pretty uh, pretty cool illustrator, so uh, Felix Girard, which is doing like amazing stuff for the yeah. uh, the artwork. So it would just take too long to create a specific artwork for all of our different experimentation in in the yep. So yeah, yeah. And the stickers, I don't know. It makes it kind of like cooler because they're like, oh, it's experimental stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like really in stores. They have to get it from the brewery and stuff like that just makes the whole experience more fun, you know, I think mm-hmm. so. yep. which is, which is very cool. So speaking of COVID, we might as well get that out the way. I don't want to, I know it's like one of those things where we're all going through COVID. Yes. We're all sick of talking about it, but it, it, it's worth touching on to see how every brewery pivoted. Obviously there's a yep. lot more to it than just that. So you guys, from what I understand recently were allowed to reopen tap rooms, maybe like a month ago. Is that correct? Three yeah, weeks ago, exactly. Yeah. Weeks ago. No, yeah. we had we had almost three, uh, four weeks opened before they closed again. So, are you closed again now? Yeah, uh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. All right. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. that's hard. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like it's it's it feels like uh, it's been a pretty like I feel like Quebec is handling it better than Ontario. Ontario are a mess out there, but. Um, it's been pretty patchy here with that inconsistent messaging and like, you know, and, and so same thing, same thing. Yeah. I guess when I say here, I mean, all of Quebec, it it seems, yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously there's different zones. Like we haven't had breweries open, I think since like September, maybe October. Mm -hmm. Yeah. October. October. That was October. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Okay. So. And then they, but then you got to open again for a little bit. They closed back down. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. you know. yeah, but nobody liked to open for three or four weeks, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. I've it, got no words for this. Yeah, man, you're right. That's that's exactly it. There's no words for it. It's just so crazy. I was reading a bit about it before this earlier today, and it just seems so like it just patchy. Um, it was just so mismanaged the way that everything's happening. Like I'm from Australia, you can probably here, and and the way they did it there, dude. They're going to clubs and like. Brewery's been open forever. They had uh, Christmas, everyone's house. Like they have sports stadiums, 20, 30, 40,000 people. Like they're living basically normal life. 
um, because they did the lockdown right. I wasn't mad at the lockdown because yeah. they did it out there, but they did a half-ass lockdown here. So like it's been the lockdown's been almost as long here as there, but it got them to zero cases, and we're still in Montreal, in Quebec alone, are over over a thousand cases still a day. It yeah. went down a bit, and now it's back up again. So it's like, <laughs> what? What? There's something missing anyway, and it's it's got to be frustrating for breweries like you know businesses like breweries, who, you know, you've got no staff. Maybe if you've got a kitchen, you've got no food there. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, you can open on Monday. You're like, oh fuck, now I got to get all the staff back. Yo, I got to get my supplier. Yeah. We're gonna make sure now we're gonna clean everything. Like, you know, it's not like you can't just click a finger and you know and, and it's good to go. It, it's so much pressure on you guys. It's just not fair. It's really crazy. Yeah, for the brew pubs, it was very, very hard. And I think like a lot of us just said, okay, we'll just can since we cannot have like a lot of uh like of sales from the kitchen or the growlers. So we all went to okay, let's can, but if you want to order a canner or like a can a canning line a can a canning line i'm sorry it's pretty long and it takes a lot of money and you don't have oh, yeah. that money so we were very lucky because we mm. had already ordered it just before the thing so we were like okay we're lucky um but just to live on the kitchen sales and the growlers like it's not an that's crazy yeah has the ability to can now from Luwalu because obviously the, uh, the the main production facility you guys were canning and doing the you know like the regular you know exactly can, can yeah. out stuff there so that was probably holding up. Um, how has it helped you guys? Like has it has it made it better a bit? Like being able to can from there? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, go ahead, Atwan. It was just definitely a good timing, a good idea. Mm. And I guess otherwise we, could, we would have yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> and, and also we could uh, get in cans some beers that we could that we we would have lost so it was yeah. also like a kind of recuperation of some products yeah Jason. and I was just going to say otherwise <laughs> we would have just stopped brewing at Limoilu you know we would have yeah. just brewed only yeah. Uh, the main factory in uh, mm. in Stoneham, and because, like, I don't I don't know if anybody could sell enough growlers to 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 justify to brew three or four times a week. I don't think so. Never. So never, never. no, not growlers. So now now we could do we could mm. still try new recipe and do some experimentation. So that's pretty cool for that. Yeah, um, and the small and, cans. I mean, we're, so small. we're pretty lucky to get like the, the main factory in Stoneham because. Um, on the other end, like for the group pub, it was a shitty year, but for the, for like the, 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 the canning line in Stoneham, it was pretty much record sales, you know, because mm. everybody was drinking at home and all of that. So, so we've got a pretty good year for, for the Stoneham production. Yeah. Or we had a big target also. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard, <laughs> well. Yeah. Good. I've heard that it was. It's. Um, do you guys? Do you guys distribute from there? Like you send it out for distro and then sell locally, or do you only sell from the store, from the uh, yeah. uh, the factory, from the freaking production brewery? We distribute. no no no. We distribute. You distro. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. breweries have told me that it's 
you're doing the same numbers as normal times, but there's less profit because you've had to can things that you would now, now there's all this cost. There's labor, there's cans, there's pack, you know, all the packaging costs. Now there's distro costs where before they'd come in and they'll buy a pint and there's no mm-hmm. costs. And you know, that's all profit basically from there. So, I mean, Fuck man, at least it, at least it keeps you going. I think what everybody is mostly, you know, I mean, obviously as business owners, like you, you kind of just like I don't know, you want to keep the thing alive, right? And the community yeah. wants it to be alive because we all want want to, want the brewing industry to be around when when this goes away. So it's just it's just like so rough for you guys in the meantime. But I'm very happy to hear that you know it's moving well and you've got alternative things like the maple stuff to bring additional income in and, and things like that, which is. <laughs> Yo, man, you got to be smart with times like these, bro. It's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We were very lucky to have like the the canning lane still lamp to help with the two uh, closed pubs. So we're even this year. So we're very lucky. So we count ourselves lucky, actually. Yeah. No, that's that makes me really happy to hear, and the fact that uh, you guys are able to innovate and do fun stuff, and then. Yep generate lines of people lining up to to get your stuff as well so that's uh very very cool i love to hear that so i mean like that's a that's a one positive to take out of a pretty shitty situation mm-hmm. yeah you, know? you have to stay positive <laughs> yeah man that's it <laughs> fuck man so you guys in quebec city you guys must be like some of the i imagine a lot of the boom in the in the region has happened over the last three to five years and you guys would have been there before that so is that accurate like a lot of the new breweries popped up recently yeah uh so one a year a couple couple of old ones so i would say linux which has been there for maybe 25 years something like that okay yeah, yeah, and then and then La Barberie, which is 20, mm-hmm. 21, 22 years old. Jeez. And then after that, it's pretty much it's pretty much us, right? Uh, now there maybe is a, uh, maybe La Corrigan also. Yeah, exactly. La Corrigan, which is about one one or two years older than us, but and, they don't distribute. Then, uh, they only have the blue pump. So. Ah. Yeah. And then all of the new one pretty much popped mm. up at the same time. So you've got Noctem and then Griandel, which was maybe a couple months uh, different. But maybe it's been maybe four or five years, Noctem and Griandel. Okay. Five, six, maybe. Maybe something like that. So, And then uh, Brassard sur Demande, which is really close to us also, yeah. which uh, opened... Uh, Maybe a couple of years ago, and then Brasque Generale. Yeah, Brasque Generale. And well, uh, with their new pub. Emporium. There is Emporium, which is open for what, two years? Two, two and a half? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And now there's a new one, which is called uh, Alpha, which, which they are mainly fun- yeah. focused on IPA. Mm. Uh, oh, so yeah, they just Alpha. opened dur- during COVID. So, yeah. yeah so there's, uh, <laughs> they had. They had the worst experience of opening a brewery ever. Like they had a, <laughs> they had a flood in the basement. Really? Uh, so I don't know. The electricity couldn't work. There was an an insurance thing, and then there was a COVID, so they couldn't get the startup of their brew house because it was American and the technician couldn't come. So they started it up anyway because they couldn't wait any longer. So. Yeah, I don't know. Jeez, Crap for them. <laughs> Man, that's now it's because you guys started. <laughs> yeah. They were the other one. It was basically you guys and Alpha were the two that I uh, 
unfortunately missed in, in Quebec City. So definitely got to check that. But like, I've st- it, it just seemed to me, I mean, obviously here in Montreal, Montreal people usually are like, you know, this is the big cities where there's so many things happening. So looking at the way that even here has changed over the last few years, it's so cool to see you, you know, Quebec City. It must, it must be a trip to see now you look around and you're like, man, there's like, there's a whole lot more reasons, I guess is what I'm saying for people to come to Quebec City to, um, to, to experience the craft beer scene because you, there's, what can't you get there? Like everything, you, every style is phenomenal. There's great different, you know, brew pubs in different neighborhoods. You can go to the production facilities with tap rooms. Um, every, it's just like such a wicked, it's such a cool thing. That, that's yeah, we have a nice there. scene. We have a very nice scene. It's been a couple of years also. We had a, we made ourselves a beer festival. Like all right. the local breweries and only local breweries could go to. And it was in September, I guess. I don't remember. Uh, and like we asked the brewers to be there also. So like everyone could go to, to the festival and get the beers from Quebec. We ask every brewer to be there and have also a very new beer, special beer for the event. Mm. So that is uh, how it works now in Quebec since, well, not last year, but and everyone almost was there. Yeah. That's great. And we're trying to do some collaboration as uh, like whenever we can. So in the past years, we did one with Brasserie Générale and one with Brasserie sur Demande, and then we're going to taste the one with Emporium. And uh, yeah, and we did a big one at the uh, in Stoneham with all of the breweries from from the mm-hmm. Quebec region. Nice. So we're trying to to do some nice collaboration. Yeah, we, yeah, it's a pretty cool family here in Quebec City as on the brewing scene. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, now that makes me very happy to to hear that, particularly the festival. That's a crazy idea. Um, shall we get the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I was. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which one were you thinking, boys? You tell me. You're in charge. JC, what do you think? Barrel aged? Yeah, why not? Why not go with the Frabrette? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, sure. The bottle. Other free. Yeah, the bottle. Yes. Um, tell us about this one, guys. This is, uh, this is cool. So have you guys got a large barrel program as well? A what? Sorry? Uh, your barrel program, like... What size? Oh, uh, it's pretty small for now. It's about 80, 90 barrels. Hey, that's big, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, well we... I thought you were going to say five. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, Wait, in we, the brew pub in Limoulou, yeah. for a couple of years, we had 16 of them okay. in a very small space. But now we moved the brewery, uh, so we had to get these barrels out. Um. But yeah, we have about 90, 80, 90 barrels and we are still experimenting. We, we now have a couple of products uh, that uh, we do yearly, Okay. but we're still experimenting. I am usually the one to get these ideas going because um, I'm on the research and development committee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in, uh, you're the boss there. I love it. Yeah. So this beer is actually one of our regular products, the Frambois, okay. which is a wheat beer with raspberries, actually very classic. Uh, and we take the final product, we put it in a neutral oak barrel, and we add uh, a mix of uh, 
bacterias and uh, yeasts. And we wait for about six to eight months, depending. We have to taste it. When it's to our taste, we bottle it. And that makes the Fra Brett. I love it. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Thanks. Yep. Cheers. Ooh, that smells amazing. Oh, yeah. By the way, I forgot to tell you. I start when I the, the mm. podcast started because I do these stupid little like uh, I started with these reviews where I take like selfies with the beer and I review them. So I haven't reviewed this one. So I if wanted and I'm I basically then take the photo and I just write one word thoughts on the beer and I put the, together the review later. So I don't want you to think that I'm on my phone and not listening to what you're saying. If I am, I'm just quick, <laughs> quickly writing down the, the thoughts. I just want to, to let you know. No problem. Um, tell us about this beer. So yeah, a wheat beer with uh, with raspberries, obviously on Brett, um, lacto and PDO as well. Oh, and wild yeast. Yeah, tell, tell us about, about this beer, how it came about, what the deal is. Actually, it was a test. We just did one barrel at a time. Oh, wow. There was once we did one barrel uh, of this exact mix and okay. we just loved it. So we just replicated it to four barrels. Oof. And it, would, it sold in about what GC? Uh, like, I think we didn't have more than for 30 minutes at the shop. It was all wow. done. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we just, okay, well, so let's do 12 barrels then this time. So now <laughs> if ever we have the chance to have a bigger barrel program, I would definitely go with, um, how do you say this? Like these big, yeah, fooder. Yeah, the fooder, the fooder yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this would go in fooder like uh, yearly. I really yeah. like this product. It's very dry, very fruity. We have these nice bread aromatics, this little um, candy, sour candy uh, uh, tartness. Yeah. I just love it. It's uh, very refreshing. Would you say, yeah. I want to ask really quickly, is this, would you say this is like the 2020 version or the 2021 version? Or is it, is it uh, like, you don't really consider it like that? That uh, would be this, 20, this was definitely 20. brewed in 2020. 2020. Um, Do you consider but, this a 2020? You know how like if you're seeing, you know, this is Frank Wet 2020, like is that, or it's yeah. not really... Yeah, you'd consider it like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should start to put the year on the label. But yeah, uh, yeah, oh, the well, 2020 version. So Okay. Actually, just, actually yeah. we just we just had to make the labels again. And the Régie des Alcools, les courses et les jeux. Yeah, another one. Like the government, <laughs> the government yeah. agency, they said we had to put the... The date or the number of the low. Ah, okay. So, so yes. So now we have it on every beer. So this is like pretty old, finally. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's great. Just curious because yeah. I like I like that. There's something special about that. It's like it reminds you of wine and makes you want to like, oh, I got the 2020 version. Then you can do a vertical if you collect yeah. them and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this can stay yeah. on shelf for a couple of years. Exactly. Okay, um, so and you. What yeah, go on, JC. Tell me, man. No, I was just gonna say what's what's interesting about this beer. So you know, it's it's if you would taste the the original version, so the Frabois, which is just a raspberry wit, mm -hmm. um, it just tastes tastes so different, and and the raspberry um, just pops out whenever where when when uh, after the after it went through the the whole barrel with the uh, mix of uh, of pedio and lacto and, and bread. Uh, 
red strain. So yeah, it's uh, mm -hmm. like the raspberry profile is is just like uplift uplifting, if you will, on the, on this yeah. version. It's just yeah, it, yeah. it almost tastes like if you would go and and, and eat like fresh raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is in um, is this in white wine barrels? It says here. Is that right? Yeah. This one was yes. Okay. Um. So I guess there's like okay that explains there's like a little bit of that like vinous um, gooseberry yeah, there is type a, of thing. There is a bit. Uh, I don't really know what to say, but when you go with a chardonnay, mm -hmm. uh, there is this almost buttery uh, feeling, like um, it's like a chew, yeah, like a chewy mouth feel, like you can it coats your mouth and you can kind of feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there is a bit of this in this beer. Mm. Um, mm. Oily. I don't know how to say. But, uh, oily is an interesting word. Yeah, oily is a very interesting one. Um, this is fantastic, man. I really like I it. So, a, yeah, go, no, on, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, oh, go ahead. please, no, JC. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say we've got a couple of different version of you know fruit wild um, oak barrel beer. So this one is the. Oh, please brand. talk about Abikatsin. Please talk about Abikatsin. Yeah, so we got one with uh, with apricot. Like I would say this apricot, apricot. Yeah, um, we want different prices with this one. Yeah, this this is this was like maybe two or three barrels. Just as Antoine said, it, it was just a test, you know. And this beer was just crazy. It blew blew everybody everybody's mind. So so that's that's just funny to try, you know, with one or two oak barrels. Add some fruits, see what it is, see what, what it gives, and 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 sometimes you just hit a home run. So, so that's that's where we are with our Hope Barrel. Uh, this is probably this, and we've got another one with uh, uh, fresh apple juice, uh, which are pretty much our only um, like a regular barrel beer. Otherwise, it's just always some new stuff and new fruits, and, yep. and we're still experimenting with this uh i'm pretty sure we will still like like forever experiment mm -hmm. with barrel aging but the thing is we what we like to do with every brewer is it like twice a year maybe three times a year we taste all the barrels together we try to blend them see what we can get out and this is how abigatsin got out finally because we mixed it, some barrels and we said we had to add something like, and we got apricot and this was crazy. So I don't think we'll ever get to see this beer like this again, but we'll finally, mm -hmm. well, we will definitely try it. Is that because of the wild yeast maybe? Like the wild yeast just can only work that way one time type of thing? I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can replicate it one day but uh, i'm still working on how and when and what happened <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um beard of, a bit of magic <laughs> yeah man there's there's a lot of magic in these uh these barrel aged beers um beer and a i was just saying uh, like you kind of answered it but if you are experimenting are you messing around with wild and spontaneous beers he mentioned like sure. the the spontaneous so i guess are you are, have you thought about a cool ship or any sort of like wild well, inoculation I would say yes and no, depending on <laughs> if any uh, government agent are listening. Um, <laughs> the thing Great with answer. our 
the thing is with our sugar shack, it should be a, a very nice place for microorganisms to grow. So we will definitely make some tests there and then uh, maybe just put a cool ship in there. But we also have um, a almost spontaneous beer. I don't know uh, if we can say this, but actually we, we brew a word, we cool it, put it in barrels and we had fresh organic apple juice in there. We just blend it in the barrel. So it's, it is a very nice fermentation going on. We let it stand for about a year. It makes a very nice uh, kind of apple juice saison. Mm. Uh, very dry. Uh, we all very much like this product. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of spontaneous also. Mm. That's great, man. Um, I mean, the barrel is super fun. I love that you guys are able to try different things and, and mess with a bunch of them. Apricot sounds amazing because that's such a great fruit for for this profile as well. And obviously raspberries mixed with this great. Um, apple juice sounds fantastic, like a cider type of situation maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's it's just so dry, you know. <laughs> like it's it, great. Uh, yeah, just... it's, yeah. No, no, there's there's no there's no sugar left in this in this product. So <laughs> eats it all. I think I think the like the final gravity is negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how dry it is. It's worse than a brute. Well, I love it. Well we'll send uh, we'll send you some when it's ready. Oh love that brother. This is like if this is any any if this is any indication, I'm excited as hell. This is like this is fantastic. Like this has really got a great mouthfeel that that chewiness, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's almost like you can still move your teeth and almost feel the beer in your mouth even after it's gone. And I well, find I'm pretty that, sure that's probably the wheat. That's probably the wheat? Okay. I usually It only so, happens with this style of beer, so I put it down to the, well, the oak or the, or the yeast. Or there, is, there is definitely this oak uh, profile, and maybe the patio could give you a slightly oily feeling. Mm. Could like like it's a mix. It's a combination of like a lot of factors. Right, that would make sense. The thing I was going to ask before, JC mentioned that it, there was a. This is like a version of your a whip with raspberries. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So you kind of just ramped it up and put it in. But is it the same beer, or was inspired by that beer? Same. This same is beer. the beer, and we just instead of putting it in cans, we just put it in barrels. Right. And is there raspberries? Excuse my ignorance. You put the raspberries in the barrel, or you put you put that later. No, it was in secondary. Uh, in secondary fermentation. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, so before we racked them into barrels. Okay. So I mean, I guess that's why the, the color is this kind of like rose, pinky, sort of orangey color, as opposed to like a bright, because it wasn't aging on raspberries. It already had contact with the fruit, and then yeah. Sitting yeah, exactly. Barrels. Okay, and and with time, any beer will sediment. So mm-hmm. either the wheat, the yeast, or the fruit will sediment at the bottom. So we don't have all that it had in the beginning. No. Gotcha. Okay. So you said you've got about ninety barrels, which is a, I would say, a reasonable size uh, barrel program. To be honest, I know obviously you'd like more and have the. What is it? Is it a shay? A shay? In French. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love that. I love the aspiration. 
How many barrel-aged beers are you guys releasing per year? Like, what's the barrel program looking like now as far as, like, the output? Uh, from six to nine products. Nice. That's great. I would say. Yeah. We yeah. had... W- we had a uh, we have another one which which we do yearly and it has a very fun story about it. So we have time. I'll tell it. Um, okay. We have time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So I was like home brewing for the test for the beer, uh, like for the pub in the beginning, and I had this uh, small twenties uh, twenty liters. There was it was a porter was just waiting. I. It was ready, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I just had some oak chips. Uh, oak chips? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like it, it, in it, closed it and waited for a bit. And I saw some bread on top growing. So you see mm. the white bottles. And I was, oh, pretty interesting. I tasted it and it was amazing. Like the profile was very cool. So I said, okay, let's take it and upscale it into one barrel. So we made a, uh, it was a Belgian double at the time. I just took all this 20 liter, put it in a barrel, fill it with Belgian double, let it stand for uh, like a couple of months. It was still amazing. So we said, okay, cool. So let's take it and upscale it to Stoneham then. And we made an, uh, an old ale with uh, brown sugar and what's in it? Well, I don't remember exactly, but it's an old ale. It's about 8% alcohol uh, before the barrel aging. Okay. So we make, uh, like, with an English strain, a first fermentation, then we pull it into barrel with this special bread. We don't, we still don't know what it is. I still have to get it to the lab and get identified. So uh, we let it stand for about a year, and it gets to about 10% alcohol. And it's very, very nice. We really love it. It's very complex with dark fruits, uh, uh, brown sugar, and pretty boozy, actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. I was actually about to ask, are you guys doing only sours, or is it like, obviously, you're doing, are you doing any like in stouts or any other styles in barrels at all? Uh, yeah, uh, there is this one. And uh, we just made a... Espresso stout uh, in in bourbon barrels, nice, which is pretty classic. But yeah. we didn't have that offer. But uh, yeah, why not? We yeah, also yeah. Uh, um, age our uh, maple syrup we heavy. So the Edleville, which is called Edleville. So we mm. we've tried it in six different oak barrel uh, since since we opened in Stoneham. So we've tried bourbon whiskey. Uh, rye whiskey, um, scotch, brandy, scotch, and rum. apple brandy, and and uh, yeah, spiced rum. The apple brandy version was very, co- really, really cool. Nice. So yeah, yeah, that was another nice, uh, um, nice product. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> you you mentioned the coffee one. Are you uh, Quebec City has some great coffee roasters? Um, hey buddy, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is a cute young, is it boy girl? Oh, it's a nine-year-old girl. Nine-year-old girl, love it. <laughs> I love a good kitty during a podcast. Um, <laughs> everyone loves them. The, uh, who did you work with for the coffee? Because you guys have some crazy coffee. Oh, like I order coffee from actually, Quebec City. Uh, actually, this one is from uh, a microbrewery, uh, Corsair. 
which is Costa, just south yeah. of Quebec City. Okay. They uh, they make uh, mainly uh, mostly English styles beer, uh, but they also terrify some coffee. So uh, we had for like a couple of years now. Uh, this beer is made with their coffee. That's it. That's awesome. But we've we've worked with different other um, uh, coffee shop in, in Quebec City for other coffee beer we we make. We make a. Coffee Schwarz beer, uh, lager, which is it, which is yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's almost if you're drinking a cold brew. It's uh, yeah, it's That's so we're day. working with a, a small coffee shop, mm. and they really li- like the coffee shop. The, the people there, they, they they really love the beer. They say it's it's the only beer that you can really taste where the coffee is from. It's not only torrified, so right. you can really taste different type of coffee you're using. So. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, a small coffee shop in Nimolu, so yeah, we're trying man. to work with them. Locally. Who is that one? Yeah. Who is that with? This, this, this one is is. I mean, you know, it's it's Saint Henri, so it's uh, also oh, Saint Henri, Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there's also one in uh, which is called Nectar. Uh, I love them. Try to one. Yeah, yeah. I order from them. I love them because when I order from them, they or they they roast to order, so like they don't oh, send. That's cool. So yeah, man, they don't even send you like um, beans that aren't that are sitting there. Like every time you put an order in, they um, they'll be like, "Cool," and they'll roast it on the Tuesday. They ship it out on the Wednesday, and it gets here a day or two later. It's uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, uh, I didn't get to go to the. I went to a. There was one cafe I went to out there because we're big, big third wave coffee people. That's why I ask. Um, there was one called Waves Cafe in. Fuck, what was the area? I don't know Waves. what it's. What, waves w a v e s yeah i think it's in uh I don't know. it's on uh Cartier. it's in, in montcalm it's the upper town right yeah we sure. stayed at a place called chateau laurier yeah yeah, yeah. like it was on yeah. the outside of the old port area that's where they put us and then there were about i don't know less than five minutes drive from there was that cafe i just found it and it was like Mm-hmm. Super, super dope. Yeah. There's like a surf cafe thing happening there. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. I just, I, I saw it maybe like, I, I went, I passed by it last week or something. Like yeah, that. But it's I worth popping it. tried it, but yeah, coffee was great. I think that there was a girl in there who like, there was, she was Quebecois, but she lived in Australia as a surfer. Like she looked like an Australian okay. surfer girl. So it was like, <laughs> there was, <laughs> she looked like it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It was actually really funny how much it was like that. But that was super cool. But Nectar was on my list. And I, I don't know why. I know they were in Limoilou because the guys at BG were telling me about them. Um, mm-hmm. They'd worked with them. So I assumed that would be uh, one of the ones. But they they do a lot of stuff out here as well. So I, I love that the Quebec coffee scene is like best in the country. It's amazing. Like it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, really it's very, that's why I was just curious uh, what you guys were doing. Um Beer and Abozo is asking, do you guys have the equipment to push nitro in things like the coffee beer? Like, can you serve them on nitro at the pubs or anything like that, or even in cans? Not in cans, oh, not, but at the pub. Not in cans, no. It's too expensive to put this in a can. Yeah. How, how does it work, putting nitro in a can? Oh, it, it's about from 30 to 90 grand. No, 30 to 40,000 uh, dollars, like this setup. And yeah. you actually add um, liquid nitrogen in the beer. Jeez. And the thing is, you have to weigh it exactly to the right amount in each mm. can to get the desired nitro effect. We're not there yet. 
<laughs> but we're that, doing pub, actually. You're doing the pub. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I can imagine that's uh, probably not worth it right now. In the middle of a pandemic too, right? Jeez. No, exactly. And we don't have that much product would, would go there, actually. So, so it's like just this, the, the coffee lager, which sounds amazing. The black lager. Yeah, that would be, that would yeah. be awesome. But... Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably this would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, you could even do like the coffee, uh, the, the stout there. That would be pretty cool. The, was it a stout? You said that? Yeah, yeah. it's a imperial stout. Yeah. Imperial stout? Yeah, man. Yeah. I love that shit. Um, it's no. called it's called Nuit Blanche. So because there's Blanche, yeah. yeah, we say that there's a uh, one espresso in each of each each uh, each pint. So if you drink if you drink too much, you, you staying up all night. night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, there's nothing that does the trick, right? <laughs> man, coffee starts are amazing. So I love I love to hear that you guys are doing that stuff. That's awesome. So it seems like when you, when you collaborate, are you working with a lot of local? I mean, Quebec City has so much stuff. You guys have so much, you know, so many great restaurants and, and like you say, cafes and other things that you can use. Do you work with a lot of the local community when you um, when you collaborate, even if it's like putting raspberries or like the fruit or any other adjuncts in the beers? Like, are you looking locally mostly? How does that work? Mostly, yeah. But yeah. Uh, for the volumes we uh, we use now at the factory, it's getting harder. But yeah. um, like as an example, uh, all these herbs, spices that we can get locally, we get uh, picked by, uh, it's a very small family here in Stoneham. They go in the woods, uh, like any time of the year, we want them to go and they pick whatever we want. So it's very, very cool. We get these spruce tips and uh, uh, fur tips, uh, fur tips also. Wow. Uh, I don't know all these names in English, actually. <laughs> you so can say like, it in French. Like, yeah, like Verjador and Monard and uh, Epilobe, all those like very nice flowers that bloom around here. Uh, and we like to bring them in the beer. I have a very uh, sentimental uh, thing about Groot beer. I just love them, very fresh, and we can do very special things about that. And like in the old days, it, in the old days, all there were were um, these Groot beers. Mm. There were no hops. So I'm just thinking this is like a very uh, cool thing to bring back history in beer. Yeah. Have, you don't see Groot too often. Have you guys, you guys do them occasion, occasionally? The only brewery I know that does them is Bose in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got, they do. We did we, we, we did a lot in uh, in Limoilou, okay. and uh, we only did one in uh, in Stoneham. And actually, it's called Stoneham Beach nice. because we've got like one of our main beer. It's called Limoilou Beach, which is a I know. Uh, a sour with uh, what's it with, with cassis. Blackcurrant. Uh, yeah. Blackcurrant. Yeah. Blackcurrant. Yeah. I swear I've had that before. That sounds really familiar. And, and this one that yeah the black current we get them locally in uh, Ile d'Orléans. Okay. But yeah, we did we did wow. Stone and Beach Stone and Beach, which is a Groot sour, um, and it's gonna get out actually pretty soon again. I love uh, that. Yeah. Well, it's canned. It's canned now. It has maple syrup, uh, honey, buckthorn berries. Ooh, they're good. Fur uh, vergadas, as I said, there is a lot of cool things in there um it's a very very refreshing drink it's a blonde ale 
Pretty sour. Awesome. Okay. That's good. All sorts of fun stuff in there. I mean, that's yep. uh, that, that sounds kind of like a summery type of thing. It is. It is. Yeah, it definitely. is. It's just, it's just hard, you know, because you won't sell, obviously, as easy as an Northeast IPA or a pastry style, as you know. But, sure. but yeah, we really like to do it. So sometimes, like a sale director, maybe one <laughs> is not the one who want us to do this sure. one, but at like, once, fuck it, we do it either way. So <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. It's important. Exactly. Um, <laughs> The yeah, you have to stay you have to stick to the cause. Yeah, yeah man. I, I like I always say that it's really important that breweries make the beer that the the owner and the brewer particularly want to make because when you start making things that you don't really want to make, you can kind of tell in the product it isn't always as good as it could be because they don't care. So I think it's just better that the breweries really stay true to what they want to do and what is important to them. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's like it's like you're making it, but you're begrudgingly you're like, oh, all right, they want this damn <laughs> Oh, just another Nipo. Yeah, right. You're like, oh. <laughs> so at least you know you did this one. You won awards for it, but you did it your way. Yeah, and and it's exactly, a great exactly. and it's a great product. So I think that's that's really important that you guys did that. Do you do pastry starts and stuff like that, or not really big on that? Yeah, we just we just began. Actually, we had a couple of runs at the brew pub in Limolu. Okay. to try it, to see the response. And we just, uh, what, in January or February? I don't remember. Okay. We just had one release in Stoneham. It was actually uh, with uh, Merilo. JC, you can talk about that? Yeah, so instead of using uh, vanilla, yeah. uh, Merilo, it's kind of a, it's kind of the Quebec, Quebec version of vanilla. So it's a, it's a little flower, and and they're mm. making like kind of a, a essence. I don't know how to say that, but, but yeah. Extract. So they they extract, yeah, exactly ah, okay. from from flower, and it, it kind of tastes like vanilla, um, but also there's a, um, almond. Sorry, almond. Uh, almond. Almond. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> you have a child, um, don't worry. You have a new yeah, child. Yeah, exactly. So uh, almond, almond sta- uh, taste to it. So, and we also add some uh, uh, cocoa nibs. Nice. So we call it amad, like it's it's a uh, amadzin, so kind of a uh, like the al- almond cre- chocolate crescent, if you like. Yeah, yeah like pastry, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're pretty happy about it. Um, it's not a favorite style, but. We like it, and I think people like it too. So yeah, we want also yeah. You, you want to stay um, up to date, so you kind of need to do some those style that maybe it's not like I would. I would only do not only, but mainly do bitter, and and out one would probably only brew English pale ale if you could. So right, <laughs> and porters, porters, and porters. porters don't forget, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to meet in the middle a little bit. No, exactly. Exactly, exactly. exactly. But I couldn't. Well, it's also fun we to do it. Go, so. Yeah, it is fun to experiment and to add our own touches to these styles, mm-hmm. like the Melillo, which is pretty local. And, yeah. um, and the thing I was about to say, if is if you want to sell only porters or only bitters, you couldn't run a business. So no, you no. have to join in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Are I you guess, guys ready for another beer? Or? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's yeah, uh, yeah, let's keep sure. it moving. What do you want to do? I would, 
I would, I think I would go with the, uh, the smoothie sa- because um, this one will be in the same sourness. I don't know. No, what do exactly. you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll exactly. go with the. You have smoothie? to shake it, or I, I don't know which side. I think I think you kind of like gently. Uh, I thought you had to gently do it, but maybe you can uh, you can aggressively shake it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it has been so. Uh, this is a collaboration with Emporium, which yes. is in Quebec. Emporium is, uh, I would say, I don't know actually, about Left. two years old. Yeah, two years. Yeah. And. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One of them is uh, a former uh, founder of La Souche. Really, uh, Jeff? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I, I I hung out with him for an hour or two, and he didn't tell me that 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 uh, bastard. Uh, yeah, that so, bastard. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, it's gushing a bit. Sorry, I think I overshook it. Overshook it. <laughs> do you know what I do like? Can I ask you? Did you put the label upside down on purpose so that you would people would put it like this and? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you need to 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 do it like to to smart. turn it away. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate so, that. Uh, <laughs> so this so one this has some is, great ingredients. Yeah, tell us about the ingredients, man. This is great. Well, well, this is a collaboration with uh, Emporium, as I said, and uh, we definitely all agreed on um, mango, pineapple, yeah, apricot. And uh, we had a bit of a last minute, uh, do we have vanilla or not? So uh, <laughs> there is vanilla actually in it. Yes, I, it's, it's I subtle. I haven't tasted it in uh, a couple of weeks actually. No? So I don't know where it stands now. Well, boys, cheers. This is one of my favorite styles of beer right now. A lot of, a lot of people don't like them because they get the purists get a little mad at it. But uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it tastes like fruit juice. How can you be mad at this? It's a morning beer. Oh, dude, that is so good. Um, can I ask what you guys think about this? This is a, a very um, controversial style right now. Yeah. yeah Some people, you love it or you hate it. And if you hate it, you're lying to yourself because it's juice. So chill. <laughs> and it means you hate fruit and you don't uh, hate fruit. Do you consider it a beer or a cocktail, like a beer cocktail? I personally take it for a beer, but... I know. Well, it's a beer, and you add fruit in it. What's the difference if if it, the fruit is fermented or not? That's my argument. Thank you. No one has said that. Thank you, Antoine. God damn it. No problem. And, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I, I don't know what I was about to say. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the thing about uh, safe is it safe to drink? Will it explode? We are now in the process of just uh, going pa- over this. This uh, like is uh, it pasteurized? Yeah, yeah, we we are yeah. now getting it pasteurized. So okay. we don't, we won't have to talk about this problem. Uh, Good. I'm tired of hearing later. about it. It's exaggerated, bro. I don't care what anyone says. The exploding cans, the only cans that have ever exploded on me were Kolsch's and like Stouts. No, I, I drink these as much as I can get my hands on them because I'm a big, big fan. I've never had any problems because I keep them cold. Um, yeah, I, res- yeah. I respect the product. I know that there's a chance of it happening, but it's not that serious. I think that there's just what it is. It's an opportunity for people to complain online about something 
that they want to be mad at, so they complain about it and they need to relax. It's, <laughs> it's not that serious. I, I just, I think it's like so. If you look at the percentage, it's got to be like in the like 0.01 or 0.02 percent of them that actually explode or something. And yeah, and exactly. I don't, that, that's, I don't know that's about my that. that's my main. I'm, like, I'm, I am reaching. Uh, I'm reaching with no. that. But you know what I mean? It's just not common enough. It's not like every single. If it, if it was as common as people made it out to be, every one of us would have a story about one can exploding, and we and I don't know any, I don't know a single person who has happened to, and I feel no, like exactly. I, I feel like I talk to a lot of people in this beer world, not one person who's go, yeah, man, it happened to me every time I bought them, they explode. Like, no, it's not true. But like, the thing like, is also that uh, was it just. I was just going to say, like, as you said, uh, Craig, like exploding can is the one that get a refermentation like that, that you, you wouldn't know. And even if you do a recall, it's too late. People got there in their house. So, and, and it, it happens to us also, you know, it happens to every brewery. That's, that's what dangerous, you know, this is not dangerous because, you know, you got to keep it cold. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't see what's the, what's the issue with this. Yeah. I agree. And also what I was about to say is uh, you can it, you sell it all in one week, maximum. Maximum. Because it's, on, it's on high demand. And all these people who buy, who buy them, they know they have to keep them cold because we tell them we only have one place that we sell them. So it's, there is no problem. Thank you. This is very, yeah. this is very good to hear because I see that, I mean, You know what it's like with anything, right? Like the negative voices are the minority, but they're the loud minority. So yeah, when exactly. when they talk, you're like, oh, these are the exploding beers. And uh, uh. I'm like, okay, when you see a picture of the ones that explode, it's pretty bad because they a, a purple beer that explodes in a fridge and there's shit everywhere and whatever, right? Cool. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I've never heard of injuries. Like I've picked up beers. It's just a brewery that just had a re-fermentation problem with a, with a batch of, of Kolsch's. So, you know, when it gets really hard and then the top pokes out and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've picked it up. I think it happened to two or three times from that brewery alone. Um, and it was just like a, an accident, a one-off thing. It's never happened again. It was just a bad batch. And it exploded. I, I picked it up and there's boom in my hand. Like it didn't hurt me wow. because the thing exploded <laughs> upwards and I, I was pulling it out of like a cabinet. So I didn't even have it like near me or anything. I was pulling it out. But as soon as I grabbed it, it exploded. So, and, and I swear it happened with another style. I think it was a stout, different brewery. But point was, they're always accidents because breweries are professionals. You have quality control. You have a reputation. You have a often multi-million dollar business that you need to protect. There is no way a brewery would intentionally let a product that is going to explode in the hands of a consumer leave their facility. So shit happens. It's yeast and 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 tight airtight packaging. It's you know sometimes things can can go down. And I think that the you know maybe it's happened a couple more times with smoothies than perhaps other styles, which I will mm. acknowledge. But wow. it's it's so rare. And look, yes, the wow. Thank you for saying wow because this this is disgusting. I love this. Like this combo of you said um, mango, pineapple, and apricot with the vanilla and lactose. Um, very unique combination. I've never had one with this before, and this is going to be one of my favorite smoothies I've ever had. I'm not not bullshitting. Like it's thanks. Um, 
It's amazing. Thanks, man. Where did you guys come up with the combo for this for? Because this is like, it's unique. I feel like I don't see apricot with mango and pineapple. It's just, it's not very common. <laughs> the thing, uh, the, the thing was apricot. It gives a lot of texture. Yeah. Uh, so, so this one was in this mix, uh, mainly for this, I think, because pineapple is not uh, that textury. No, it's very uh, light, really light. Exactly. So we were four at this table, maybe five, thinking, okay, we had to give this beer maximum texture and taste. So we had to, wow. And we wanted it uh, like to be yellow, not pink or purple or blue. Okay. So we didn't have that much, that much options. <laughs> why, why did you want it to be yellow? I, I don't know. It was just like, oh, okay, what color? Yellow. Okay, cool. <laughs> gotcha. It's just yeah, and, and the vanilla in this is um, – I, I don't know if I really thought about it when I had it the first time, but now having it again, I'm talking to you guys and thinking about it. The vanilla adds like a really nice like rounded end to the whole thing. I feel like it ends on the vanilla note and it's mm -hmm. subtle and balanced that kind of blends in really nicely with the, um, with the fruit that also blend nicely together. So it's almost, it really brings that smoothie vibe and the lactose must be subtle. Like it's not overly sweet or anything like that. But the no, body is just crazy. To, to, uh, it's just to add a bit of, of backbone to it. Yeah, so man. it's really like uh, on the lower threshold, I would say. Okay. And the vanilla was really like a late addition, as Antoine said, like... Uh, the, the beer was ready, like everything was mixed up and and uh, Jeff came up to taste it and we, we talked about it. Do we have vanilla or no before? And uh, yeah. we, we said no. Though. We said, oh, no. We said okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> no it, it, we, don't, we don't need to do it. And then Jeff said, yeah, I think we need to, we should do it. So he knows. We, we add it and yes. then we're pretty pretty happy with the, with the end results. Yeah, I think it, it brings a little bit more tropical flavor to hit and yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It, mm -hmm. it makes uh, it makes it more smoothie-ish. Yes, a hundred percent. Like a real smoothie, like a real fruit yeah. smoothie. Um, mm -hmm. the, the name is Italian. What's up with that? Oh, uh, I, the brewer from Ampavium is uh, is from Italy. So uh, most, maybe not most of their names. A lot of their names uh, are are Italian. And they came with this idea, Fruto del Rizoma is um, the fruit of... Oh. Is it the rhizome, like a hop rhizome? Yeah, exactly. Well, That's what I thought. Yeah, so, so okay. the rhizome here is that like the connection between the two breweries. Mm. If you see the... like, And then the fruit is this beer from our two breweries. So it's like a, an image, in, like a metaphor. I love it. I love it. Is this going to be? Nice name. Yeah, man. It's a fantastic name <laughs> for a phenomenal beer. I'm not even guessing. This is one of the favorite smoothies I've ever had. And I've tried to get my hands on as many as possible from Ontario and Quebec as, as you know. I even got some from Trillium in, in the States recently. Oh, and cool. It was great. I feel like these, I, feel, I don't know. I, I don't know if they were really trying to do that, but I feel like the stuff here is absolutely on par with what's happening uh, in the States. The, is this going to be a series of, of um, smoothies, please say yes. It is. It, it is on actually. This is this was number three. No shit. And number 
Number four is, uh, I, I'm pretty sure in two weeks it will be canned. And it um, it is with mango, apricot, and raspberries this time. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I would love that. Please, I would love to get some of that. This is like, <laughs> I, I can't believe how much I love this beer, man. Like, this is so damn good. Um, and I, I'm told from Jean Benoit that it's going to get a permanent label, um, like a permanent can made up. Is that correct? I don't know about that, actually. Okay. He told me it was. Okay. Okay. Maybe I won't. But I do like this, the Garde au Foie here. So they keep yeah. cold. Is it going to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's very, exactly. very important for uh, for everybody to see that. But if... Um, yeah, I feel like this 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 could be some serious stuff for you guys, man. Like, if you guys got a line, this was the first beer you had a lineup for, eh? This was uh, the, this the, is the third. Maybe one. the third, the third or the fourth smoothie we've done. So the the other one were not collaboration with with Emporium. It was just oh, called okay. Smoothie de Limoilou number one, Smoothie de Limoilou number two. Uh, so then we did this one. And then we're gonna do another one, like as as Antoine said, it's gonna be released in maybe two or three, two like weeks. two weeks, something like that. Something That's like great. that is gonna be smoothie of the limolu number four. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe we're still uh, working on this. Maybe we'll try to upscale this in uh, in Stoneham, get it pasteurized, something like that, so we could. Just sell it to some more people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that. that's mm-hmm. yeah. That that yeah, is the and, challenge. And, uh, and in Stoneham, yeah, exactly. we have a lab, uh, like a complete lab that will go to all process and make it like really uh, distributing proof. I don't know how to say this. Like, um, <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Like, uh, safe for distribution, yeah. essentially. Like distribution. Yeah, proof. exactly. Yeah, the uh, yeah. the pasteurization. Exactly. I've heard story. Uh, there's one brewery in um, uh, Ontario, um, Small Pony, and they started doing one. Yeah. They, They've been making them with their barrel. They do barrel aged beer, so they use the barrel aged base. And then they they said they got this. It's not real pasteurization, but they got this machine that replicates temperatures. So like you can put okay. the can in the machine, and it heats it up to like thirty degrees Celsius, forty degrees Celsius. Like, and you can see huh. how they respond in a short time to be like, okay, it's exploding. Then okay, so we yep. need to change this or that. And I think. Basic pasteurization is something as ridiculous as running the can under hot water for X number of minutes. So that's that's the basic way, but there's like machines that do it properly and quicker mm-hmm. <laughs> and and wasting less water. But um Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, what we do is is uh Yeah, tell me about we it. have a pasteur like we have in Stoneham a pasteurizer. Okay. Pasteurizer. Pasteurizer, oh. something like that, yeah. So the thing is, it's in line. When we transfer beer, we can pasteurize it or not. Uh, and that's done. That's it. It's eaten, and it's cooled, and it goes to another tank. So on that note, just so people maybe he, like, I don't really understand it completely. And I imagine there's okay, people I, who do I, I, I can yeah. describe it. Like, I, I love that. Yeah, just please. Just add more. Yeah, yeah. The thing... Uh, Beer is a live uh, beverage, I would say, because most of us don't filter it. There is yeast in there, so it's it's alive. If yeah. you had sugar, uh, it could it could explode or not, whatever. So what we can do is we can eat this beer, flash eat it, so that very fast, very high, 
like maybe in the 70s, uh, oh. well, in Celsius, 70 Celsius. Jeez. And, and then right after that, cool it to, that's what, 5 or 10 degrees Celsius? Five, yeah. what, and it stays between 70, 70 Celsius to 85 Celsius for maybe uh, 60 seconds, seconds, 45 seconds, you know? So you, you, you won't get the... The taste won't change that much. Like it's it's really it's really quick. So you heat it. So you pretty much kill every living thing in it, and then you cool it right 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 after. Like rapidly um, cool it. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. So the output is you kill the bacteria and the yeast that could have been there, and you cool it so that so that you don't have that much change in flavor. So you have the exact mm-hmm. same product as the beginning. But now you can have whatever, you can add fruit or whatever you want and it won't change because you don't have yeast. You don't have a charge oh. of yeast or bacteria after that. It so, will not ferment. Okay, so you don't, you do it to the base beer, not the beer plus the fruit. Exactly. No, exactly. Okay, so the ba- at the end of the day though, the base beer... Okay, I, I get it now because the fruit is really what's giving it the flavor for the most part. Yes, the base beer obviously contributes to the body and to the, the basic flavor, but yep. the the fruit is driving this thing. This is like 90% of what people are tasting and the vanilla and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So because they're not affected by it, all it means is you can add this fresh fruit. So the fruit is still bright and fresh and not affected by the pasteurizer. The pasteurizer just kills off the yeast in the original beer. Um, allowing exactly. you to do whatever you ah oh, I can. So you have a safe product. Then. Yes, and I my was, under, Go on, sorry, bro. No, I was just gonna say we we still need to make sure after the pasteurization. So that's that's what Antoine was telling you about. So we got a a really nice lab, like uh, it's pretty pretty high tech and all of that. So we Sick. still need to make sure so there's no living yeast anymore in the beer. So we need to to test it, and then after we had the fruit, we're still gonna taste test it and all that to make sure everything is clean and everything is, is safe. But uh, yeah, so the, the, that's, that's, how, that's how we can do it and, and make sure we can distribute maybe someday a smoothie beer mm. and, and do it mm. safely. Yeah. I love that because I feel like it's the one style that's not being distributed by anybody. Like you could only buy wow. this style from breweries if that I've only ever seen. Um. <sighs> And I didn't really think that basically what you're saying is, yeah, that if you if breweries pasteurize their stuff, they pretty much will safely be able to get it to, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah, and, and there's different way to do it. You could add uh, sulfite just as, as they do in, in wine. So sulfite also uh, kill, I don't know, it's the word, uh, kill yeast. So yeah, there's different way to do it. So... But what we're work, we're working on a on a solution to get this in in in, in the end of more more people. Yeah, I love that. Do you think there's going to be an education period for um, for depreneur owners because you might not be as familiar with this stuff? Like you have to be like, all right, because I've seen I've gone into certain stores, and we all know that New England IPAs, for example, need to be kept in the fridge. Just just talk about yeah. here in Quebec. I've been into certain stores I can think of, and I've seen pipe like like cases of New England IPAs just sitting here on the warm floor, like not mm-hmm. in a fridge. And I'm just sort of like, oh man, like what are you doing? This is a work in progress, I think. Yeah. It's been going on for ages. And I, 
it's not finished. I think they're the the specialized uh, place. They know this and they put their IPAs in the fridge. But uh, like the supermarkets, maybe not that much. Not no. not yet. <laughs> not yet. So I uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a process. It's gonna take time. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we, we are also working on this, so, as everyone, I guess. Yeah. That's what, we, that's what should be the focus, you know, uh, to make sure that the beer is stored cold and it's drink fresh instead of just saying mm. you, you should not do this, it's not safe. We should try to make sure that the, the distribution process is, is always cold and all of that. I think that's, that should be the focus right now. Yeah. I think you're right. I feel like this style of beer probably wouldn't end up in supermarkets. I think it'd probably be special to mm-hmm. beer stores who know how to treat the product yeah. properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, is this, if, this, yeah. Sorry. If if we ever uh, distribute this project, uh, I think uh, we'll have to choose our clients. Very carefully. Yeah, very carefully. Um yeah, I think that was the smart way. I just kind of imagine a Provigo or an IGA or something really understanding the, the intricacies of a style like this. Um, you know, that and, and, yeah, do, because, and do the right thing. And because then after you would want the um, the, the, the the worker like the the the, the people working in the uh, in the um, at the supermarket. Uh, Supermarket, yeah, or, or any uh, specialty stores, you want them to, to tell to the customer that they need to keep it cold at home, also. So, yeah, like I don't think the cashier would do this. <laughs> By the way, I just got a smoothie. Hey, keep it cold. Yeah, right. They're not going to even. That's a great point. That's a really, really good point. And I think that's exactly why it can't be in, a, in, a, in an IGA. I'm even but thinking. what's funny is, like, you would, you, you, every day, not every day, but maybe every week, you're buying, let's say, a chicken from, from uh, IGA, or from, and, and you know you got to keep it cold, otherwise you're going to get sick. So it's yeah. pretty much the same with, the, with this beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the people are, oh, it's too dangerous. You can't do this. Okay, maybe we should stop selling chicken because people <laughs> would do chicken tartare. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so smoothies are the new chicken. Exactly. exactly. You <laughs> gotta treat smoothie as you treat chicken or or milk. Oh. Or <laughs> we should we should write this on a can. Yeah, treat yeah. this as if <laughs> as, as if it were chicken. <laughs> yeah, a little sticker on top of the can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yo, I love it. I, I was going to say I've seen breweries in Ontario. There's one specifically, they put it in the four packs and on top of the four pack, there's a big sticker on each one that says like yep. something like what to do. There's, they put a card, if they ship it to you, they put a card in the thing to be like, yo, make sure you keep it cold. And when you buy it online, cause you can buy online there, unfortunately we can't mm-hmm. do that here, but they do that. They can, there's like a, a checkbox where you have to say, I accept that. And this is two different breweries specifically. I know of to do this. That says, I accept that these bre- these beers must be kept cold at all times and kept in the fridge at my own risk type of thing. Oh, so wow. okay. They're, they're, they're very, I know we're joking about the chicken thing, but these people actually do it just not about chickens. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And, and there, there's a brewery doing this in, uh, in Saguenay. It's uh, uh, Opera. They've just started oh, doing yeah. uh, some smoothie beer, Opera. And then they've just had like a sticker on top of the can. Just to make sure people like season yeah, and okay, keep it, it cold. Yeah. yeah, 
that that's a yeah i thought it was a really creative way to do it i think it's smart i feel like because yeah. i see them in those facebook groups and stuff and people like posting a picture of their fridges that's where i've seen them before like their fridges the mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know man like we all know what you're getting into when you're getting these beers that there is a minuscule risk that something could go wrong and sometimes you could just get a bad one and then something happens and it's unfortunate but you know it's it just doesn't seem as common but at the same token i think it's like it's better that you the consumers need to be educated particularly when you go into depths or supermarkets and you see their new england's on the shelves and other styles of beer just in these warm shelves that just should not you know there's all these Budweiser and Bud Light and Coors Light and all this stuff in the fridge. But then you've got these New England IPAs sitting on these shelves. Like, I'm like, I know they pay yeah. for it, but God damn it, man. Like, figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's an, I've been there someday. I think they will. It's like, you know, it's a new thing for the supermarkets to even have, like we're, we're in my land in Montreal, which is the Limoilou of, uh, of Montreal mm-hmm. and the supermarket, the main Provigo near us only recently got a trans brew, little section and it's not in the fridge and i've seen you know new england ipas from their various brands and stuff in there and Uh, i've just been like guys come on it's like the fridge is three steps away and you just got it here i mean it's not like it's super warm because the supermarkets are usually kind of cool but still it's just not optimal you know whenever i go to Nah, man, it's not. When you go to Ontario and you go to the LCBOs, I always check the shelves. If the, if it's a store that doesn't have a walk-in fridge, and they'll have everything just sitting there, and uh, you know, sometimes they, I, I see like big, like full, like four or five shelves deep with all different brands, all their New England IPAs in this lovely warm shelf. I'm just like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and consume. <laughs> People just don't know. You know, I've even had people message BOS, like people from Quebec, and they went to um, to the nearest LCBO in in Hawkesbury, Ontario, just over the border. This guy was messaging me the other day, and I'll, it, that particular one has a walk-in fridge, so everything's cold. But I was like, "Yo, check the dates on the can just in case." And he's like, "Well, that's at October." So like, cool. That was you know. So they've got yeah. now. You don't have to worry about warm beer. You have to worry about old beer for for some of the stuff. So. It, it, there's a lot of challenges for the the you know the store side and then the brewery side to make this work and to get the freshest product to the consumer. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of work for everybody to do. I wish that we could just have Quebec breweries could just, you know, you could have a La Souche online store and we could just order it and you could just ship direct and we pay you and then you just ship direct to people. It'd just be so much easier. Yeah, I would like. I that think it's gonna get there in the maybe well, next couple yeah. of years. I don't know. <laughs> Next step. <laughs> Next step. Well, I mean, they did the growlers, they did cool ships, like cool, all these different things. But like, I, I we were during this quarantine break or whatever, we, I found there's, there's a law, I think it's a Quebec law from 1928. It's the alcohol law that we go by now. It's literally a hundred years old. It's the same law that they abide by. And they won't, and I was like, okay, well, if there's any time that they're going to change the law, it's going to be during a global pandemic when everybody is struggling, you know, everyone needs as many opportunities to make money. Stop this restriction. Cause it doesn't make any sense. Like Uber each, you couldn't buy stuff. Now, if a restaurant wants to, they can sell wine, cocktails, mm-hmm. beer on Uber yeah. eats. They've been doing that yeah. in Ontario and BC for years. Now they can do that here, but you still can't, you know, go to a website and be like order and just get, 
some beer shipped to home. It's just. Uh, and it's funny how in Quebec, like alcohol is, it's under a prohibition law. So from usually, if, if it's not, if it's not written that you cannot do it, you can do it. But for the alcohol, it's the opposite. So you can oh. only do what's, what's written, what you can do. So oh, okay. You can, you can be a, a, a rebel or something like that. So you can go against the law. So it's <sighs> kind of a prohibition because, you know, right. alcohol, it will get, get people crazy. So you see that them drinking in the park, everybody's oh, going to be drunk all day <laughs> in the street, in the park. So, yeah. That's even funnier because you're right. Is, can you legal like here, you can legally drink in the park. Can you do that there too? Uh, they just changed yeah. the law because of, the, of, of COVID. Wow. Uh, now we last can. Summer. Oh, but you couldn't before this. No. No. Oh, we've always been able to do that. All you got to do is have a little bit of food with you. So if you have in like, Montreal? yeah, man, like I live, I'm not even sure if I think they let people do it. I'm not even sure if it was really legal. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Because I, I lived in Montreal for a while. I'm, I'm not sure if it was like something written down that you can do it. I don't know. Maybe. That's a I'm good sure. question. I remember when we first moved, cause like my girlfriend's from Toronto and I lived there first. My brother's there. We were always in Ontario a lot. That's why the podcast is kind of half half. And when we first visited here, People were like, yo, you can drink in a park here. It's fine. We're like, yeah, we were bringing glasses like, and bottles of wine. Like, woo. And we just have like a, a, pa- a pack of chips. I remember one time someone came up to us in the park. We just had the chips, but we never even opened them because we just had them there in case the cops come. And Tim was like, dude, like, you can't do that. They have to be open. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And um, since then, we would just bring like some crackers, a little bit of cheese. You get, you know, those little packs you can buy from the supermarket with some meat and cheese already in it. So you just get that <laughs> and bring yeah, some crackers. Yeah. And, and that's enough. The crackers. And yeah, bro. It's like basically, yeah. And, <laughs> and people sit there with cases of beer. They'll come and they'll sit with anything and no one gives a shit. Like, and, I, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not no one cares because no one cares. I think no one cares because it's legal if you have the food. Yeah, like yeah. you never see anybody just drinking really without the food. So I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, in Quebec City, you could not do that. Last summer, they, 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 they let people it do it. It's yeah. not. So it's going to stay like that. Yep, sure. It's the only fun we have, you know, like there's not really many other options right now. So No, exactly. exactly. The, as fun as it gets is sitting in the, in, in the way that it's looking. So we, we were just saying this earlier. We were like, oh, maybe we can go somewhere this summer maybe things get good we not far but like dry, driving distance maybe we could like i want to come back to quebec city but i'm like i don't mm-hmm. know now yeah like, i don't either yeah like i was really looking yeah. forward to it mm-hmm. to be honest like i was like oh cool maybe we can get back and go see you guys and go see a few of the other ones we missed last time and like you know hang out a bit longer and like check out some stuff and i thought it would be good but God damn yeah, it. So, yeah, same for me. Like there's so much, so many brewery I would like to go and visit that I've, I haven't tried yet. Uh, even in Montreal, like Brewski or new yeah. ones that, yeah, yeah that, that opened maybe two or three years ago. Uh, now we cannot stuff. do that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, because they haven't been open for since October, like you were saying, like it's, it's been a while. So, I mean, like, and the funny thing, Brewski and Masorum both don't distro. You have to, the, the, the interesting thing about them that they both, you can buy it on, you can't order online. Like you buy it online and then pick it up. 
Yeah. So like yeah, they'll yeah. do drops of the beers. You do the drop, you buy it, and then you just rock up, show your order number, and, and you pick up the, the stuff, mm-hmm. which is cool, but it's still like it's difficult to get the uh, you know to get their stuff still. Uh, even, no, exactly. I know them both yeah. too, and it's it's super hard to get their stuff. I very rarely would get either of them. We're we're working on a collaboration with uh, Bruski. That, that should with Derek. Yeah, that should work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the man. Um, that's great. I love that. Yeah, I feel like they've been really like it, they've been really good with collaborating with a lot of different breweries, and they're bringing in like they do like well back when you could do it, they did lots of tap takeovers. And they would bring mm-hmm. in like, you know, guys like you guys and all like all Quebec City stuff and, and everything, it would, which is a big treat for us here, you know, bringing you guys stuff in here. We're like, oh, shit, this is sick. You know, it's uh, exciting. So I'm very happy. Can you talk about what you guys are doing with them or is it a little? little oh, it's uh, a bitter. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Derek going for that. A, a bitter with lactose and, and, <laughs> and cheesecake. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Can we talk about this? I'm, I'm pretty sure we can at least end a bit. It's, it's a, it should be a sour Nipah because we okay. go usually go into sour beers and um, they usually go into Nipahs. So we just blend this. Nice little middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it should be that. It's not 100% guaranteed, but we're That's still talking like. about that. Nice. Yep. That makes me very happy because I feel like if, uh, you know, based on the, the way that you guys do this stuff and the way that they do theirs, I think that would be a fantastic uh, collab. Will it be a collab? Have you, have, have you opened the last one? Uh, have I it's, missed it? Nope. No, I'm, I, we were waiting for you, bro. We would, we would never okay, open right. a beer without you here. Come on now. <laughs> we would never do this, this is a sour IPA. Uh, yes. Do you want? I'm going to go grab it. Tell, tell us, I'm going to pull this out so I can still hear what you're saying. Doing it. Um, tell me about the beer. Oh, so this beer was, uh, this was in the beginning, the first trial, it was in Limoilou actually, and we uh, we just made a sour version of our uh, American paler with Cascade and Centennial hops. It did turn out pretty good, but the hop profile wasn't, that appropriate with the, uh, um, I would say, lactic uh, side of the beer. So we updated it to more um, tropical flavors, and it did it. And we really like stick to it. And we really like it. <laughs> and there is uh, Amarillo Citra and Mosaic hops, so all very tropical and citrusy hops. I get, I get a lot of lychee in there, like lychee mm-hmm. juice yep. and passion fruit a bit. Sorry. He asked what color. Too far away, Craig. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, light amber. A light amber. A light amber? Yeah. Okay. Team Roos. Team Roos? <laughs> yeah, we always joke. We have a <laughs> we have a Twitter account called Team Lactose. 
because people okay. used, back before people were getting mad at uh, smoothies, they used to get mad at lactose. So we made a Twitter yeah. account called Team Lactose because we okay. just liked any beers with lactose in it because it made me laugh to piss off all the purists. Mm-hmm. And um, the joke became, you know, obviously Roos is such a very Quebec style that's kind of like old, I guess, right? And it's not very cool or anything. So like the joke is team, you know. Yeah, but this one isn't isn't red. You is it red? It's, uh, oh, it's no, a little no, bit. A little bit. Just, just yeah. Just, just a tad. This is cool uh, art, man. Look at that. That's sick. Yeah, Felix did a very nice job on this one. Yeah, killed it. It's Kreese, very funky. What does that mean? Crise is it exi- oh existential crisis? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm French, bro. The name, the name came from uh, the first time I uh, I made it. I bring a glass to one of our uh, bartenders, and he said, "What? What the hell?" <laughs> a lot of tastes that is like an existential crisis <laughs> the name stuck i like it let me take this last smoothie sip <laughs> can't let it get warm because we know what happens it'll explode in the glass mm. yeah exactly and then all the internet will be mad <laughs> or, Do you or your belly the highs. You know. <laughs> right <laughs> Pour it. we'll take it after yeah we get the, we get the content uh, as we go. Okay, I see what you mean. It's like a little like it looks. I don't know if I call it amber necessarily, but uh, look at that. That's great. Okay, and it's got um, Amarillo Citra Mosaic. Okay, what kind of uh, sour? I guess obviously kettle sour. Yep. Uh, yeah. And. Um, the... We usually get it pretty pretty sour also, yeah, like uh, the pH level, like it, it kind of, it's not always the same, but it, it, it can, goes down to almost 3.2, 3.3, so uh, gotcha. yeah, we like it pretty, pretty sour, yeah. Okay. That's the average. Oh, totally. It has a, yeah. It has a nice, uh, like only the sour word. Okay. Without the hops, it has a very nice uh, citrusy uh, uh, lemon a bit taste. Exactly. And yeah. When you add the hops to this, it, it like it it, it it goes all the way tropical, and with this citrusy background, it's very nice. Yes, I'm definitely getting that citrus in here. There we go. Um. Is this a so? Th- is this an older recipe that's been around for a while? Oh yeah, a couple of years. Yep. Okay. We were we were. I would say this was one of the first sour IPA. I don't know who on the market. Like, yeah, oh. I don't know who made the first, but we were in the first. Okay. Yeah, and, and when when it get when it got out, like uh, like we we just canned it or keg it, and uh, uh, like it was three years ago, and. Uh, no kids for me, so I was still doing festival in the summer. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we like every festival we brought this beer. People were like going crazy. It was pretty much like the beginning of the sour IPA trend. Uh, right. it didn't cut up that much, you know. Sour IPA. I think I like it. Not all. Not not every 
every people like it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much one of our. It's it's one of the beer we get the most talked about. Uh, like mm. clients really liked it. Retailers they always ask when is it coming back because it's always like it's sells really good. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so it's got West Coast yeast. Is it based on a West Coast IPA? Would you say? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, like like I mentioned in the beginning, the first version of this beer was uh, a sour American pale ale, which was uh, with Cascade and Centennial hops. We just upscaled it to more tropical flavors later mm. on. But the yeast and the grain bill stayed. Okay. This is yep. interesting. I feel like, I don't know if I've had like a, a beer like this in a while. This is interesting as far as like, I'm trying to like, not categorize it, but like see where I've maybe experienced anything like this before. And it's certainly quite different as far as the, yeah, like with these hops, these are all, you know, super, super bright and tropical. I'm not really getting a ton of bitterness or anything like that. The sour. No. little sour, little no, tart. it's not bitter at all. No. Like it, it kind of tastes like a lemonade, you know? So mm. it's, uh, mm. Yeah, lemony, that's what I'm getting. Super citrusy, but there's like a, a malt vinegary, but light, not the vinegar. You know, like the malt vinegar, but not the vinegary, like uh, like a Flanders red. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, wonder I if. I guess what you mean. No, like it's like instead of vinegar, it's like malt lemon. Because you're getting the malt from the malt base, like, you know, because it's like that West Coast IPA, but mm. instead of that face scrunching tartness from a vinegar it's more like a, oh like a pleasant citrusy tartness but still the maltiness that mm-hmm. okay. we get from that i see it's super unique this is super like is there many like is this have, is there many other beers similar to this around that you guys have had nope one <laughs> that makes sense uh yeah uh uh, hmm. Alafu is making a pretty good uh, sour IPA also that maybe tastes a little bit like this one. I, I don't, I can't remember the name. Okay. But, I, was, uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking about Grand Bois. They had one also. Grand Bois? Yeah. 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 And, and now we're working with uh, a different uh, recipe of sour IPA at the brew pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just like, uh, we did one a um, couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago maybe. Okay. Which is called Pile Mile, which is pretty in the same idea of a crise existentielle. Pile Mile, I don't know how I would translate this in, in English. If I would uh, swear, I, I would say fucked up. <laughs> fucked up, okay. <laughs> That's dope. Why? Uh, That's a good name. So it's a, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a sour Nipa. So it's a kind of different uh, green bill. But, uh, and, and people like really enjoyed it. Uh, we got a, line and, and it got pretty sold out pretty 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 fast so um, so yeah that's uh, that's a style that we like um, so that's why we were gonna do um probably with uh, with brewski but yeah that's yes. just, uh, I don't no. know it, it, it it's kind of like of the the black IPA you know it uh, it was popular for a while but not as popular as Nipo or some or stuff like that mm. some people like really dislike sour IPA because as you said, you can put it in a in a specific case, you know, a yeah. specific category. You don't know exactly what you're drinking, but uh, yeah. 
you think it's pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes it interesting when you don't really, when you can't put it in a box and you got to think about it. Mm-hmm. You're like, what, what is this? What is this trying to be? What is it supposed to be? What does it need to be? I like oh, that. The, the best thing. The best thing is the black ghost uh, we did yes. uh, like a couple weeks back. This was like mm. mind blowing. It was <laughs> a ghost. Uh, have you had one before? In uh, New York, yes. Yeah, Finback uh, made one. Okay, so we had just like this uh, basic uh, grain bill, like pills and wheat malt. We had it uh, Galinga roots. Okay, you know what this this no, this is like a, this is uh, like uh, like ginger, uh, kind yeah. of a ginger ish thing. It's a, a Asiatic and. Uh, Kaffir lime leaves, which are uh, lime and maybe, uh, come on, citronelle. Say, oh, well, lemongrass. Le- yeah, lemongrass. Yeah, lemongrass. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, we, and there was a bit of uh, Tasmanian uh, pepper. Tasmanian pepper. Yeah. Yes, Tasmanian. my people. My yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this was a very flavorful beer. And we added like black malt or kind of a black malt. So the beer wow. was black, but you couldn't taste it. Ah. So you drank it. If if you drank it from the can, you were... I mean, you'd never know. You'd never know. And if you had it in a glass, you'd say, oh, this is black as hell. But you couldn't taste the blackness of it. It was very, very cool. What was that called? Uh, this was uh, Gauze Visal. Okay. We will be releasing it from the distribution in Stoneham in a few weeks. Nice. This is a summertime product, yeah. That sounds good. And this is this is a collab with um, a distillery that, that there is in uh, in Limolu, which is called Stadakone. So they're doing mostly uh, uh, gin. So we've done two two products with them, uh, a white IPA with their mm. like their um, aroma. And, and then, so we're doing, so they've like, and their gin is named after colors. So they've got a blue gin, the red gin, and the uh, the black. black gin. So this is the black version. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why we, uh, yeah, we did this one. Yeah. I love that. The Yeah, like the only time I had it was from New York and that was like four years ago. And I've never seen it since. So that yep. is, that's fascinating. You guys are probably the first to do it here. Uh, we are. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love that though. Like, see, like that's what that's what beer is all about, man. Is is just doing that stuff and and keeping it fun. And uh, I I like it even more so because particularly like Antoine, you're saying that you like is like you guys were both saying if you could only make you'd only make an English mild or whatever. Like, I know you're joking, <laughs> but like bitter. A bitter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to disrespect the mild <laughs> yeah. and the bitter. They're very different. Um, <laughs> But, you know, as someone like if, if, if that's really what you like, that means, you know, the fact that you're willing to because, I you know, we speak to a lot of different people. Some people are like, no, 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 this is all we make. We won't do any crazy mm-hmm. shit. So I love that you guys, you know, if you're the owner and a founder and you want to make, um, you know, English bitters like but you do the smoothie right here and you'll do a black goza and you'll do like. That's cool as shit to me because, you know, you don't really have to do that. But even if, you know, you're doing this stuff really well, even if it's not really what you want, you're like, all right, let's just make this stuff great. 
And uh, wow. I, I love that. Well, thanks. Thanks. But uh, in the beginning, there was, uh, well, ever for Lassut, it was uh, a uh, experimentation. So we've yeah. always been open to trying new styles and picking the styles and make it our own way. So this is just natural now for us. Right. Like, and we had this idea uh, of a black gosa, for example, with uh, this uh, this story we call Stelecone. We just talked about it and we said, okay, why not try it black? How could we not do it? So, right. like, f- funky ideas sometimes makes make very good beer. Yeah, you just man. have to try it and, and uh, dare it, actually. I love that. I really think that's... Yeah, JC. Yeah, La Souche is all about diversity, you know? What we're trying to do is we don't want to do new beer just to do new beer. It's like we, we, we really love beer and we love all the style of beer. So we want to make sure if you come to La Souche, you can taste as many different kind of beer that, as you could. So that, that's, I think that's why we are always coming with new ideas and beer with, uh, like, uh, as, as Antoine said, crude beer and beer with, uh, with pané in it, different vegetables in it, and, yeah. and anything you can think of. So, yeah. So that, it's that's the best that's, beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. You know what pané is, right? No, it's like, tell me. It's, it's patsnip. Oh, parsnip. Really? You yeah. Parsnip oh. beer? Yeah, what? with pepper. It's crazy. What, what style? <laughs> with beer. A wit with parsnip and pepper. What kind of pepper? Like, is it black pepper? Like, grounded, um, like black it, pepper? It, no, it was uh, green. Szechuan uh, pepper? Yes. Oh, like hot green pepper. pepper. Fuck. Uh, wow, wow. More used as an aromatic. It wasn't uh, hot. Okay. And this was like, for me, like crazy. I just love this beer. It's 3% alcohol. It's like really smooth, very. Uh, it has a nice mouthfeel, and you can get a very nice aroma of of a parsnip and a pepper. Jeez, yeah. sounds like a vegetable. Sounds like vegetable juice, no? Yeah, kind <laughs> of. But uh, but but you would be uh, very surprised and how it comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm with the wit and the yeast. That's cool. That's super dope. Wow, honestly, if that's one thing I've never ever heard of in. This has got to be close to 300 episodes of his parsnip beer. Wow. Okay. Well, well, you know what? Challenge accepted. I'll just do it again. Do it again. I would, I would yeah. love to try that. Like as much as like another thing. So we've got team lactose. Another thing, team innovation. I'm all for innovation. <laughs> try funky mm-hmm. shit. This is the one thing I think some people do get caught up in. No, no, no. It needs to be done this way or it can't be done like this, but you have to keep trying shit. And I love that you guys are willing to do fun, strange, experimental things constantly. Like you said, that's, that's what my sushi is about. Um, yep. Exactly. I think it's so important though. What's the point with beer? It's beer, man. We're getting drunk. Like make it fun. <laughs> Sydney, again, drunk, like put a parsnip. Fuck yeah. Chuck it in there. Who cares? Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like the skateboard thing they did. Eh? They put a skateboard in the beer, right? Who was that again? Uh, it's it's uh, opera. Yeah. Opera yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah. And beef was there a beef or jerky beer? Yeah, yeah. They did a yeah beef beef beer. Yeah. Jesus, 
See, <laughs> Opera did all this? Yep. Yeah, and Crab Beer? Did they do Oh, I had that. Dunham. That? Dunham. Dunham did that? I had that one. That, that, was, that was weird. Cra- no, crab, crab was... Uh, Crab Bitter is... Opera, the, a, collab- a collaboration with uh, Sci-Fi Cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. So maybe we know those yeah. ones. But Dunham did a collab with Twin Sales in BC and it was like Bier the Crab. And it was <laughs> okay. like, and the owner, Elwa, never even had it. I happened to have a bottle of it. Like my friend in, in Vancouver sent it to me. And the <laughs> other weird one, my friend in Vermont is a brewery called Bent Hill. And he does this like beat like Betterav, like a beat beer. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's like, That's dude, it tastes like dirt. It was per- <sighs> bright, it was the brightest purple color. But uh-huh. it tasted like dirt, and I couldn't drink it. It was <laughs> disgusting. But it was fascinating because there's so many beets in in the beer. I thought that was like crazy. Not for me. I had a I had a beet beer from Magic Hat in Vermont, Burlington. Yeah, like was, like ten years ago. It was purple. It was an IPA. It was very weird, <laughs> but 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 not as dirt as you say. As, but like, we uh, had. We did a Belgium triple with a beat also. How was that? It was it was amazingly well balanced. It was, uh, to my taste, very good. Was it um, purple? Did you make the color? Did no. You make the color? No. No. It, it it was just in between. It was it, it was colored, but not that much. So we didn't get that much of a dirt taste. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked it. It was very good. I like that. We were, we were planning actually uh, last week to make a sour beet uh, weed beer. Okay. But this was replaced by a like a, f- uh, a small size project for a retailer very near our place. Fifteenth anniversary beer, so we just like moved the aromatics, so we don't have the beet beer now. So. <sighs> You can bring yeah, it back. Also, the will be back. And the pasta. With, with the pasta, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's mind-blowing to me. I've never, I, I swear to God, like I feel like, I, I kind of feel like I've heard it all, but parsnip is, uh, is, is so ridiculous, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love ridiculous. Wait till you taste it. Wait yeah. till you taste it. And then is you can it, judge. Then I can what, judge. What's, what's ridiculous, it's seeing me at the top of the fermenter try to get the parsnip <laughs> in like, uh, like, <laughs> Puree in the fermenter. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you come home and your wife's like, dude, why do you smell like parsnip? I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> Hear me out. But, but, yeah, let but me tell you what I endured yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it work it because the, the beer is very good. So It's perfect. Is it a Groot or anything like that? Or it's like, what style is the pasta beer? Uh, it's, it uh, could with, be a Groot. Beer. Oh, fuck. You yeah, did it say could that. be a Groot. We only have uh, like, I don't know, I would say twelve RBUs in there. It's super just, low. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just to say we have some hops in there. Yeah. So why need hops when you have pasta? Exactly. <laughs> that, needs- that could that could be the name of the beer actually. I like that. Nice Who needs name. hops when you have pasta? <laughs> I like that. Keep me posted. <laughs> Keep me posted. Now this is awesome, guys. Um. What do you guys got coming up next? What's, what, what can people look forward to? What's, uh, what's coming up for the summer? What, uh, what's happening now? 
uh, we just uh, released our four, or we are currently releasing mm-hmm. our four uh, uh, summer summer beers. I would say this is the Krisenstasia. We just talked about it, the sour IPA. You know? Yes, sir. There is a uh, wit beer with Labrador tea. It's very refreshing, peppery, and citrusy. It's the Stadacona, we called it. Okay. Uh, the other one is Goes Visal. It's uh, Goes with uh, the first version of the summer will be with uh, it, it will be blonde with coriander and uh, kaffir lime leaves. Very refreshing. The second one will be a black one, nice. which we talked earlier. Yes, sir. And uh, the the fourth one is a double IPA West Coast style, which is called Canardière. Nice. Very very old school and very good. Malty, very malty backbone. Um, Chinook and Marilou hops on the front. Hell yeah. This is a bunch so of stuff. Let's not forget the smoothies. The smoothies coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smoothies are coming. The smoothies are coming. The smoothies are coming. <laughs> we should hope so. This is a, this is a very big challenge, but uh, one step at a time. I love it. So there's like a whole bunch of fun stuff coming. I mean, you know, you guys have got some serious history out there. Quebec City is is really a uh, a force to be reckoned with now in, in, in beer and in craft beer in this province. Um, I'm super impressed, guys. This is awesome. I really appreciate your time. This is this is fantastic. Super impressed with all of these beers, you know, from barrel age to some New England in your own way to that fucking insane uh, smoothie and this like really interesting take on this hour uh, IPA I love it it's it's like eclectic and it sounds like from the stuff that you're doing from parsnip beers to black gozes and like all, everything in between which is gonna yeah. be everything. Eclectic. everything eclectic is a good word I think eclectic is really uh, what you guys are about um, honestly both you guys I really appreciate your time do you know what I realize we have to take the thumbnail for YouTube do you want to hold up some uh, some beers? And um, I'm going to take a screenshot. It's very important. There we go. Oh, I see what you're doing now. I see. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get. Oh, do you know what I should do? I'm going to get. You guys have got that one. I'm going to get the bottom here about that. Yeah, we got everything basically between us. You ready? All right. Ready? Oh, look at that. That is gorgeous, mate. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Stunning. Um, oh, uh, you, you just said, mate, you, uh, it just reminds me of a beer you did, GC. You want to talk about the skull, mate? Just Talks before of, we... Yeah, uh, we did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just before we ended up... Yeah, we did a beer. <laughs> it's uh, with... Uh, we've uh, tried different things with uh, Gvike yeast. Ooh, okay. Nice. So, um, so instead of just doing an IPA, it was kind of a... If you will, a pilsner, but you can do a pilsner like like with Vike yeast. So, but it was a pilsner, but with uh, I can't remember exactly which uh, hops, but it was uh, Australia, not not Australia, New Zealand hops. Nice. Uh, so he said we yeah we just call it skull, which is mean uh, cheers in uh, Norwegian mm-hmm. and uh, mate for Obviously. your <laughs> home skull. expression. So skull mate, cheers mate. So yeah, yeah. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, we're trying to to do some funny names and uh, <laughs> funny beer names are the best. Funny beer names are the, yeah. Exactly. It's so important. 
beer names can't be too serious because it's beer. <laughs> exactly. We're all trying As to. As you said, we just we're just getting getting drunk. So we're just getting drunk in a really tasty way. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're no, doing. No. Um, boys, nice right? It's. Uh, I hope that could work, boys. Honestly, it's a genuine pleasure. You guys are awesome. I'm really glad that we connected and got to do this. Thank you both seriously for uh, hanging out. I know, obviously, Jason. Thank you, too, man. No. Um, got your kid. I don't want to take too much of all your time. And Antoine, man, you're champion. This is great. I'm super impressed. I cannot wait to get back to Quebec City. We talk about it all the time. I'm so impressed. I can't wait to come see y'all and uh, actually soak up the vibes. And hopefully, hopefully in the summer, we'll have some sense of chillness that we can safely keep breweries open to the public at the very least a patio and you know that'd be the best that'd be the best just get, you keep in touch huh? you reach for us if you oh, if, if you are in the neighborhood not even a question i got your contacts uh, like i can reach you both on there i'm going to keep in touch whatever i can do on this end to promote anything you guys are doing please let me know uh, it's i want to i want to support man I, I really really love what you guys are doing um I want to make sure we wrap out here. You know, Montreal gets a lot of lot of props, but I feel like Quebec City needs to be, you know, people need to know what's going on out there. So whatever we can do to help uh, prop that. And uh, thank you guys for for taking the time again. And, and thank for, you. These beers were, were exceptional, genuinely, man. Like it's very very cool. I'm I'm so stoked we connected. I can't fucking wait to get out. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully people can get here this summer and. Really There's so many so. breweries you can do like just by walk, so you don't even it's have crazy. to take your car, right? Yeah, so you yeah. park, stay at the hotel, take an Uber around, boom, boom, walk, whatever it needs exactly. to be, right? Super yep. easy. Um, where can everybody find La Souche online? Yeah, well, the best is uh, lasouche.ca. Lasouche.ca, everything is that's, there. That's mainly yeah. it, yeah. And I think it's La Souche underscore microbrasserie on Instagram as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, I'm not exactly uh, sure on Instagram. I, you can also I find us not, on, on Facebook. I don't want to know that. <laughs> it's on there. If you if you search for it, you'll find it, guys. It's pretty oh, easy. Just exactly. Google Lester, you'll find it. It'll be on there. Yep. So I'm going to wrap yep. this up. Stick around at the end of the call and we'll we'll wrap up. I'm going to wrap it up for the live part and we'll, we'll talk after real quick. Um, but guys, everybody, thank you so much for watching and listening. Appreciate y'all. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. Check out the long form audio so you can hear attractive gentlemen like Antoine and JC talk about craft beer every week. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 p.m. We'll see you guys then. Get it in ya.